everyone over age 40 has mitochondrial dysfunction and they just call it aging. And what mitochondrial dysfunction means is simply that you take a unit of food and a unit of air and your body doesn't make a unit of energy. It makes less than a unit of energy. And that extra exhaust that you could call it coming out of the system, it shows up as muffin top. It shows up as sore joints. It can show up as all sorts of different things. If you can make those mitochondria work better, magic things happen. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Today, I am with my amazing husband's family celebrating Christmas in Santa Cruz, California, and I can't tell you how much we love spending the holidays here in Santa Cruz. Alex and I love to hike the redwoods together. We love to watch the surfers at Pleasure Point with a hot cup of tea. It's very much a tradition for us. And just a couple days ago, we were up in San Francisco, California, one of my favorite and most romantic places in the world where we have been spending holiday traditions for, I don't know, over five years together. We love seeing the ocean. We love our favorite restaurants and the shopping and everything that just makes San Francisco so spectacular. What are some of your favorite holiday traditions? I would love for you to reach out to me on Insta or Facebook and share with me what makes the holidays so special for you and your family. Now, on this gorgeous Christmas day, I have a very special guest who I consider a dear friend. Dave Asprey is a ninja when it comes to biohacking, and he has a new book out right now called Game Changers. And we are diving into a part of the book that addresses how to increase your energy, how to increase your happiness, and do it with gratitude. Today, we're going to be talking specifically on how to have more energy to do the things that you love, feel good, and age gracefully. And I don't know about you, but I would love to do all of those things. And that is why I brought Dave today onto the show. Now, what I love most about Dave is that he is the salt of the earth, friendly and committed to getting us healthy through techniques that many of us have not even heard of. Dave is one of my favorite people to talk to. And luckily, I get a couple times a year to sit down with him in person and just connect about life, connect about the ways that we can take care of our bodies and just live a life that feels good. Now, I know you're going to love this conversation as much as I do, but before we jump into our fun and intriguing conversation on mitochondria, happiness, and gratitude, I want to let you in on a little secret. Starting January 1st, 2019, which is literally just a week away, we are going to be releasing two podcast episodes each week, and that's going to be on Tuesdays and Fridays. We have a lot of epic interviews lined up for the new year, and you are not going to want to miss out. I'm interviewing Diane Sanfilippo, Dr. Jolene Brighton, Dr. Alan Christensen, Ocean Robbins, and many, many more. I'm definitely going to want you to check out these two new episodes a week for 2019. And I will be showing up a little bit more with exclusive topics that you are going to love based on the feedback that I have received from you. 
And these are topics that are also going to be related to my upcoming book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, which ooh, I'm so excited is publishing February 12th, 2019. We are getting closer every single day. We are less than two months out at this point. And I wanted to let you know that it's actually available for pre-order. And we've had so many people take advantage of the pre-order goodies that I have in store for you. So if you go out and pre-order the copy of the Essential Oils Hormone Solution, you're gonna get instant access to over $300 in bonuses, including my self-care video series, my hormone masterclass, my best hormone cheat sheets, and the top five interviews from the EO Hormone Summit. And I will definitely be having a link inside of the show notes. But if you want, you can simply go to drmarisa.com slash hormone book. That's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A dot com slash hormone book. I know you are going to love this book as much as I loved writing it for you over the last, I don't know, 16 months or so. It's been quite some time. Now, as promised, you guys know I love to shout you out for reviewing and just sharing the Essentially You podcast with friends and family. And each week gets better and better. And I can't tell you how blessed I have been for having such incredible guests this fall, such as Dr. Pedram, Sherry Salata, Nat Krigundas, and today, Dave Asprey. I know you're gonna love this interview. Now, I just wanna take a moment and shout out a couple of listeners. Thank you, Dr. Sandy and Sharon, for reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Sharon wrote, Dr. Marisa is amazing, down-to-earth, real, and honest. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Sharon. That review means so much. 100% of the time, I promise that I am real and honest with you. Now, if you are listening, I would love to shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Insta, Facebook, or simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into. As you know, it is my mission to get in front of as many women as possible to really open their eyes to the idea of trusting their bodies, trusting their intuition, having the right tools and expertise so that they can become the CEO of their health. And by listening in and sharing these episodes with friends and family, you are helping to become a change agent. So I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Well, now that I had that opportunity to shout you guys out, let's dive into this epic conversation on how to become smarter, have more energy, and create happiness. But before I do, I want to quickly sing Dave's praises. So Dave Asprey is the founder of Bulletproof 360 Inc., a leading edge food, beverage, and content company best known for the wildly popular Bulletproof Coffee and starting the Fat for Fuel movement. He is a two-time New York Times bestselling science author, and he is the host of the award-winning podcast Bulletproof Radio. He's also known as a self-made master of biohacking. And his latest book, Game Changers, offers 46 science-backed high-performance laws that are a virtual playbook for how to become not only more successful, but also happier and healthier. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dave Asprey. How are you doing tonight? 
I am doing really well. I have been looking forward to this interview for many months now. Did you know that you are the last interview for 2018? I, I'm honored, especially because I flaked on you earlier today and made you record with me in the evening because I got sucked into a call today. I was so ready. I was so hyped up for today. But now that we're in the evening, I'm just more relaxed and chill. It feels like when we're hanging out normally, you know, opposed to during the day and I'm all kind of in business mode. So I really actually like this. This worked out for me and I'm really grateful that it worked out for you too. Perfect. Well, today we're going to be talking about your book, which by the way, we are loving. I'm in part three of the book and I do want to get into part three in just a little bit. But a big part of what I know we're going to be discussing, something that we have discussed many times and that is how having more energy can really allow us to do the things we want and to live the life that we want. And I think this has really been your motto for many years. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. When you get right down to it, people say, oh, more energy. Oh, I'm tired. It, it's a lot more than that. It's that when you have enough real energy, the kind of energy that your body makes when it combines air and food. That kind of energy gives you energy to run a mile or take a breath, but also to feel a feeling, to go on a date, to not yell at your kids when they're acting really dumb <laughs> or, <laughs> or whatever it is. Like it's the energy to do everything that you want to do and to be everything that you are. It's that kind of energy that I'm talking about. And I, I actually hit the, the New York Times science bestseller list for my last book on like, how do you get more energy in the brain? But now I wanted to know, all right. I've lost 100 pounds. Uh, I got rid of the diseases of aging that hit me in my 20s. And I'm, I'm healthier and younger now at 46 than I was at 26 in every measure I can, I can find. But now that I've got some extra energy, what am I going to do with it? So I interviewed 450, we call them game changers. These are men and women who've done really powerful, impactful things in their life. And my assumption is that everyone listening to this one of the, your core drivers is you'd like to be good at what you do. And if what you do is, I'm going to make dinner tonight, like you'd rather do a good job than a bad job. Or I'm going to go to work and you'd rather show up and do a good job than do a bad job because it actually feels bad to do a sucky job <laughs> unless you're really mad at someone and maybe you're doing it to get Maybe you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Unless, it's, unless that's you and then you got some <laughs> forgiveness work to do. Then it's a core drive, but it's a core drive that comes after these other drives like, you know, don't die and don't starve to death and, you know, things like that. So what I found from interviewing more than 450 people who've done really big things like Nobel Prize winners and people have written big books and just had a, a noticeable effect on the world. What did they care about? What did they have in common when they wanted to be good at everything that, that they did as humans? And came up with three big buckets that I think apply to everyone that also are driven by the things that keep us young. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about that first bucket? And it's all about being smarter. Is that correct? Yeah. And Game Changers is based on these three things. And I work with a statistician to analyze almost 500 hours of interviews and a standard structured question that I asked everyone. So instead of saying, hey, let's go do what this one guru says is cool today. And then we all run off and we eat kale until we realize it doesn't taste very good. And then we all run off the next week and, oh, we'll have some flax. And like, oh, then we'll do jazzercise or, you know, like, like we always do this kind of run around like a, a flock of. You know, uh, you starving. love jazzercise. You know, I got to say leg warmers are kind of cool. They are. <laughs> but what's actually going to work if, if instead of what one person did, what if you looked at what 
hundreds of people said mattered most. And then you said, okay, that's going to be my goal is to focus on that. And then what are the tools? What are the things that I might want to do? That's what Game Changers is structured as. And the big three buckets that people do is smarter is number one. The people who are doing big things in the world, they want to do, they want to do smarter things. They want to be smarter. And so I interview people about how did you go about doing that? And then the next one is they want to be faster. Because let me just tell you, one of my most popular Facebook posts on my personal public figure Facebook pages was how I solved the dishes problem in my house. Yeah, how did you solve it? Because you need to tell us now. (laughs) If you have a second dishwasher, it will change your life. But there's also a a system for who does, like for for basically where do you put stuff in the kitchen? How do you keep the sink from clogging up? So I kind of worked out how do we do this? And my wife, Dr. Lana, she's an ER doctor, knows a thing or two about being efficient in an emergency room, in a kitchen, no. So I I did like a little study and said, okay, we're backing up because the sink is full of dishes so that no one can wash their hands and you can't wash anything. And then it's suddenly, we have two hours worth of digging yourself out. So we figured out you never put, you never clog the, the sink with dishes. You put dirty dishes next to the sink. And since you have an extra dishwasher that costs around 500 bucks to get put in, and it saves you hundreds of hours a year because whenever you have a dirty dish, there's always an open dishwasher to put it in. So you never set a dish on the counter. And oh my God, our house is so much more organized. She spends less time. I spend less time. The kids spend less time. Everybody's happier. And this is one of the things, did, did we make our day faster? Do we have more time to do something meaningful together? We do. And so the people who are changing the world, they're doing the same stuff. They're doing things to be faster. But the number one thing that stood out to me after all these interviews These are people who learned how to be happy. They did not do successful things that made them happy. They learned how to be happy because happiness is a lubricant for doing the things that matter to you. And and so it was turning that equation on the head. When I do this, when I have this, I'll be happy. And then to look at what people like Ariana Huffington or Esther Perel, who's one of the leading relationship experts on things like sex and relationships, and to interview them and find what do they care about? And then to find not just what one person says, but what do we agree on? What do we disagree on? That was a five to 8,000 hours of work to do that, almost a whole year of work. But for me, to be a better husband, a better father, a better entrepreneur, a better you know, New York Times author and podcaster, and what are all the other stuff that I'm working on, Bulletproof CEO, I thought it mattered. I, I don't want to waste one ounce of the the precious energy that I have now because in my 20s, I had chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and brain fog and arthritis and high risk of stroke and heart attack. And seriously, it sucks to have all those things. I'm not going back that way. And so I'm going to stay young and I'm going to be smarter, faster and happier. And I'm going to be more like that every day forever. And I love that. And most importantly, what I loved was the the chapter that I'm really stuck on. And maybe because I've, you know, over the years, you're right, you're being driven, these other drivers are coming into play, maybe it's accomplishment, maybe it's worthiness, or whatever it may be. But then you look back at all the things that you've accomplished. And you're right, so often people weren't happy. And I know that there were many years where you were really working towards goals that weren't leading you towards happiness in particular. So when you were kind of on this quest for happiness as well, I know that that probably happened before this book. But could you tell me a little bit about that journey? Because I feel like so often, I know we do have core drivers and we're supposed to survive and we need to eat and we need to procreate because we need to pass on those genes. But ultimately, I think we inherently all want to be happy. We do want to be happy. So there's probably two answers to your question. I'm going to tell you what happened in my life and I'm going to tell you why it happened and tie it back to basic biology. And the good news at the end of this, you're going to find out why it's not really you doing all the bad things that you do, but you'll also find out why you're still responsible for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so a little bit of a story, but totally worth your time. 26, I had weighed as much as 300 pounds and I made $6 million at the company that held Google's first server. I was a co-founder of a little part of that company that grew to be a big part of the company and things were amazing. Except that I was working my ass off all the time and I was tired, exhausted, dealing with all these autoimmune issues and anxiety and chronic fatigue. And I had the accelerator pressed all the way to the floor and I was going slower, not faster, and felt like I was sort of panicking about that. And I looked at a friend who'd also made stupid amounts of money and I said, you know what? I'll be happy when I have $10 million. Now, I lost my $6 million about two years after that when the dot-com crash company went bankrupt and all. But I can tell you, having tried it in my 20s, money does not make you happy. I was still unhappy. And it turns out in Game Changers, I talk about exactly how much money buys happiness. And above that, another dollar does not buy happiness. It just buys a little convenience. And I know lots of very wealthy people who are profoundly unhappy. And the ones who are Game Changers are the ones who yeah, they're wealthy as a side effect of doing the work that matters and they're happy about it. And it's a very different mindset and it's very inspiring to meet people like Naveen Jain and people who've really done that. So you say, what the heck was going on with me? Why, why would I have such crazy beliefs in my head? Well, it turns out that when you look at what your body's made out of, we like to think we're a collection of cells. And that's a bit of a lie because inside each cell, for most cells in the body, there's anywhere from hundreds to 15,000 ancient bacteria embedded in our system that we actually think of as part of our part of our biology. And it's an integral part of our biology. In fact, every living thing on earth has these ancient bacteria embedded, and we call them mitochondria. If you remember seventh grade biology, we say these are ancient bacteria that we harness to be our power plants. Now, the other alternate narrative is that there were some cells floating around and they were us, and these ancient bacteria decided that they would invade the cell, take over, and run things. That's actually what happened. So today, there's way more of these ancient bacteria, the mitochondria inside your body than there are cells in your body. There's more of them than there are bacteria in your gut, if you've heard that there's a lot of those. And with these little bacteria, they respond to the environment way before you can even pay attention to anything. They're, they're instantaneously responding. And they only care about three things, that every species on earth follows this basic set of rules. And they are in this order. Number one, run away from, kill, or hide from anything scary. And that's easy, because if you're a bacteria or a mouse, if you don't do that, you will die, and it's game over. So you must do that right now before you have a chance to think about it. The second thing you do, if you're not trying to avoid dying right now, is you eat everything. And you eat everything for the simple reason that, well, there might be a famine, right? So if you ever wonder where the voice in your head that says, eat the cookie, even when you just said no, where does that come from? It's the damn little bacteria running your body saying there might be a famine, eat the cookie, eat the cookie, eat the cookie. And just like when your two-year-old tells you the same thing a thousand times, eventually you're probably going to give in. You're going to give in when there's a quadrillion bacteria yelling at you in your head telling you to eat the cookie, unless you can find a way to shut them up, which is a big part of my work. And the third thing, that you're going to do if you're a bacteria after you've not died, after you've not starved is have a lot of sex. Because, well, if the species doesn't reproduce in just one generation, it's game over, mm -hmm. right? So these are our core things. But here's the deal. Those are not you. You are not your mitochondria. They have their own set of, of goals and you have your own set of goals that are different. 
they're highly useful. They're not going to go away and, and they're a part of you, but they're a source of a lot of the, the negative emotions, the voice in your head. It's an emergent thing that happens when a quadrillion bacteria gang up to, to tell you things that aren't true to make sure that you stay alive because they know that failure might be painful. They'll tell you to avoid situations where you might fail because you might die. And the reason you might die, it's really easy. If you're a dumb bacteria, well, you might die if you fail, because if you fail, no one will love you. If no one loves you, no one will feed you or protect you. Then you'll die because a tiger will eat you. Okay, they're stupid bacteria. We know this isn't true, but they act as if it's true and they cause feelings as if it's true. So then you sit there and you feel anxiety when you walk into the room and someone might criticize you or you might feel unloved or ignored or whatever the trigger is. Well, these dumb little bacteria, they're the ones causing those emotions. They're the ones doing this and you can reduce the stress on them or you can make them work better. And when you do that, you have less anxiety, you have less aging, you have less emotional swings, you feel happier, and you have enough energy to get things done. And in case it seems bleak and, and terrible, Marissa, there's one more F word. So we had fear, feed, well, you guessed the other F word. There's one more after that. And if you've ever seen yogurts or kombucha, these ways that bacteria work together, they form a community, they specialize, they help each other, the friend word. We have that too. And that is our core nature. It actually feels really good. And, and there's data in Game Changers, like where I talk to people about this, I talk to scientists about this, the science of oxytocin from Dr. Love, a guy named Paul Zak, who studied oxytocin, put it on the map. It turns out, look, if you do it right, you turn off the fear voice as much as you can. You turn off the hunger voice, which is the bulletproof diet and headstrong. I'm pretty good at turning off that, that mean voice. Then you turn on love in your life, including the kind of love that happens between the sheets because it matters to how you show up in the world, whether you're a man or a woman, that it has different effects on you, but it really matters for your, your neurotransmitters and your hormone levels. And then when you have those things lined up, magically you want to go out and serve the world and achieve your mission and do what you're here to do. And sometimes it's, you know, my number one is it's to be a parent. I spend a huge amount of my energy on being a parent and I spend a huge amount of my energy on doing the bulletproof thing and, and working to share information with millions of people. But bottom line is, if I'm not getting the right nutrients and the right fuel in my body and I I'm feeling lonely and like there's no love in my life or I'm feeling like there's a tiger going to pass on me, pretty sure I'm not going to show up well for my kids or my job, right? And, and it's that way for every single one of us, no matter what we're here to do. I agree. I 100% agree. So a big part of this conversation is what that impact of the mitochondria are having not only on every single cell, but then on our actions, how we feel. And it's really trying to figure out how to dampen that conversation or that communication, or at least ensure that those powerhouses are happy and they're high functioning so that we're high functioning. It turns out that, and I referenced this in Game Changers and some of my earlier books as well, about 48% of us under age 40 have what's called early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. Everyone over age 40 has mitochondrial dysfunction and they just call it aging. And what mitochondrial dysfunction means is simply that you take a unit of food and a unit of air and your body doesn't make a unit of energy. It makes less than a unit of energy. And that extra exhaust that you could call that comes out of the system, it shows up as muffin top. It shows up as sore joints. It can show up as all sorts of different things. If you can make those mitochondria work better, magic things happen. For instance, there's a supplement that I write about in Game Changers and in my last book, Headstrong. And it's a supplement that we manufacture at Bulletproof. It's called Keto Prime. 
And what it does is it helps cells make more energy naturally, just through the compounds that are already in cells. Two studies came out last year that showed that this compound keto in Keto Prime, it treats the emotional symptoms of PMS. Or maybe treats is the wrong, maybe it reduces. I don't remember the exact language. But the, the bottom line is, what the heck? How could something like, like PMS, which I think everyone has at least experienced in themselves or in someone around them in their life, well, it's driven by mitochondria freaking out because they don't have enough energy because hormones are going up and going down, which affects the way your cells make energy. So your anxiety levels go up. Well, by turning up cellular respiration, making the cells better able to work, they relax a little bit and suddenly you relax a little bit. And the same thing happens when you do Bulletproof Coffee, which has this oil called Brain Octane in it. And I'm not here to sell Bulletproof supplements. If, if people listen to this, if you don't go to Whole Foods and you don't try the, the ready-to-drink coffee and all that stuff, it, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to use my stuff. I just make it because I had all this stuff going on in my brain and in my body, and I didn't want to weigh 300 pounds, et cetera. These are things that turning on energy directly affects your brain, directly affects anxiety levels, directly affects how quickly you age, and it affects whether or not you're going to yell at your spouse. It, it just does. And oh my God, that's amazing. Because when you turn off those things, do you have enough left at the end of the day to practice self-care, to go to the yoga class you're going to skip, to meditate, to journal, to do something other than just sort of sit there and you know eat Cheetos and watch your favorite TV show? Yes, I love that. So you love Cheetos? I know. <laughs> you, oh man, secret obsession. No, I can't. I can't stand <laughs> Cheetos. <laughs> Just the coloring alone kind of freaks me out. I know, right. I love that we're having this conversation about mitochondria because I, I know a lot of people still are not very clear on what is driving that aging process. And it is ver the very process of us turning food into energy is creating free radicals, radicals is creating that. And what I love that you've dialed into, you know, we read Headstrong, I guess was it a little over, when did that come out? A year ago? I want to say about a year, about ago. A year ago. Yeah, I think it was April of last year. Yeah. So we read we read Headstrong when it came out and I was I was so fascinated by how much research that you had on mitochondrial function and I was really excited to see so much of that continuing that definitely continues to get mentioned in Game Changers because again, if we want to live this full, happy, high energetic life where we're we're feeling great and we're kicking butt at the same time, I mean, health is wealth. It's the first thing that we've got to take care of before we begin to work on other things. When I statistically analyze what all these game changers, and we're talking like Nobel Prize winners, Eric Kendall, who's 94, people who created new fields of medicine, the people who supported Elizabeth Blackburn, the other Nobel Prize winner who worked on telomeres and aging. And like, like these are people who've done really big things. When you boil all the data down, number one thing that these people said mattered for how they showed up in the world was food. Because they all figured out if you eat garbage, you feel like garbage, and then you won't focus, you won't concentrate, you won't You mean Cheetos? Calm. Right. <laughs> but here's what's weird. I've interviewed raw vegans. Heck, I was, a, I was a pretty strong raw vegan for a while until it made me really sick and gave me autoimmunity like it does to a lot of people, especially at, uh, at perimenopause. Not that I was going through that, but you know what I'm saying. It's one of those stressful kind of diets that doesn't work very well. But when I was going through that kind of a thing and looking at what it did to my mitochondria and what it did to my performance, I didn't really like how I felt. 
And what was that? Did, what, did you feel fuzzy? Did you feel fatigued? What was some of the experiences you were having at that moment? I felt a lot of brain fog. And at first I felt really amped up and amazing. Right. It's always at first, right? Yeah. And you'll do the same thing with a ketogenic diet. And it, it's funny because Bulletproof put keto on the map, like the modern keto thing. But the nuances of the Bulletproof diet are you cannot just go into ketosis. The type of fat you eat really matters. The type of protein you eat really matters. So it's easy to get in ketosis just drinking squeeze margarine, but you'll die. <laughs> so maybe the kind of oil matters and, and the type of protein eating grass fed. So we'll call it clean keto. And for women, especially, I've been saying this for years, stop it already. You do not have to go in ketosis and stay there for weeks and weeks. In fact, it routinely will mess up your sleep. What you do is you go into ketosis for a week or two, then you come out, you go in, you come out and you can actually have just some ketones present all the time, even if you're not going in that heavy duty ketosis, zero carb kind of diet. And a lot of bulletproof followers do that. But the idea here is you're always eating for your mitochondria. And in a raw vegan sort of a diet, what you end up with is well, you have a short-term increase in energy production as your cells kind of freak out to try and account for the lack of certain fats. And then eventually you have a decline in cellular health and increase in autoimmune functions. But here's the deal. I've interviewed people on Game Changers, or sorry, on my podcast, Bulletproof Radio, for the book Game Changers, who are raw vegans. And there's very few people who can stick with it for a long time, but I found one or two. And we don't all agree on food, but we all agree that if you don't eat what's right for you, then you're probably doing it wrong. So the law that emerged, and there's 46 laws, each has a little worksheet that's in Game Changers. But the law that emerged from this was don't eat like a caveman, eat like your grandma. And what's really interesting is that these little mitochondria we talked about, well, they only come from mom and your mom's mom and your mom's mom's mm -hmm. mom. That's right. They're handed down. They're the female essence. They're the energy sensing power plants of our body. And what that means is that if you wanted some hints as to the kind of foods, even on the Bulletproof diet or not, that are going to work well for you, look at what your people ate on your mom's side of the family. So if you come from a place that ate a lot of beans and legumes, the odds are they're probably going to be okay for you. They still might not be because you have that other dad side of the family. And those are a potential irritant actually for quite a lot of people on the Bulletproof diet. They're in the suspect zone. You don't know if they're good or bad until you eliminate them for a while. But you can shortcut things by just looking at what your mom ate, what your mom's mom ate, what your mom's 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 ate, and just looking at where your people are from. It's not to say this going to be the ideal diet. It just says that that's the most likely direction to look in your ideal diet. So I get to eat a lot of Mexican food is what I'm understanding. Uh, you know, <laughs> it does mean that the odds of you tolerating corn are higher than someone who doesn't have that genetics. If you're from you know, remote Northern Europe or you're an Eskimo background, corn is probably going to trash your gut because you don't have the mitochondrial stuff or maybe the gut bacteria to handle zine or zine. I don't even know how you pronounce it right. The protein that's in corn that causes irritants. Mm -hmm. It's now, zine, yeah. If you're eating genetically modified corn that has glyphosate in it, well, it doesn't matter where your family's from. It's going to mess you up. Exactly. I like that. You know, and, and I know a lot of people didn't realize that mitochondria comes from your mom's side. And, you know, we can track back, you know, a lot of your, your heritage and your, your, your history through mitochondrial DNA. But I had never thought about eating like your grandma or your great grandma has eaten. But I do know that 
there's a lot of research. I know Michael Pollan had looked at that where people went back to their indigenous areas and ate the way that their lineage had eaten and had really had cured themselves of chronic diseases. But then when they came back to the States, they just regained them all over again. Some of that has to do with our gut bacteria and some of it has to do with our onboard bacteria that are built into our cells, these mitochondria. It's a fascinating area of, of research. And I would suggest actually, if you're listening to this and you wanna know what are those suspect foods, if you search for Bulletproof Diet Roadmap, you can download for free basically the entire first book that I wrote uh, that, that came out in 2014. And it's the entire book in a one page printout that goes in your fridge. And it tells you, here's all the good fats, here's all the good veggies, here's the veggies that might actually be causing that arthritis for you. And here's you know the stuff you should never eat. So if you're not sure, it's, it's not about being good or bad, it's about a spectrum that says super good foods, foods eh, maybe, and foods that are super bad. So you always know where you are. And that's been a transformative way to look at nutrition for a lot of people. And it's it's free. It's you know, it's easy to download. Bulletproof Diet Roadmap. Well, and we'll also link to that in the show notes. So it'll be super easy for you guys to grab if you want to go and take a look at it. I like that it is on the spectrum. And I'm really grateful that you mentioned about the ketogenic diet for women. I've had so many women come to me who have just done it for long periods of time, disrupted sleep, disrupted hormones, and ultimately ended up sabotaging. Just they didn't end up feeling as great you know, over several months down the road. And so I feel, yeah. yeah. It's exactly the same as the vegan trap. You go vegan, you're going to feel great for four to six weeks and then you're going to go downhill. If you go keto and you don't cycle, you're going to feel like trash, especially as a woman. Women, it hits them first. And just like you said, sleep goes first, hormones go second. It is reliable and predictable for most women. But I've also interviewed uh, Bree Schaff, an Olympic medalist who is super keto, doesn't eat any carbs ever, and you know, really, really just thrives on that. So there are women who do that, but they're the exception, not the rule. And it, it's okay. If you, if you don't want to be that deep in ketosis, put brain octane oil, that ingredient in Bulletproof Coffee. It's, it's at Whole Foods. It's on Amazon. It's at Bulletproof.com. It's widely available It's now. in our house. Put it put it on whatever you're going to eat and your cells will get energy from burning fat instead of from burning sugar, which is like a backup fuel source. Cravings go down. And there's even profound knowledge we have about hormones. And there's this hormone called ghrelin, mm -hmm. which makes you really get cravings. It's the hunger hormone. And there's another one called CCK, which sounds like it's Calvin Klein's hormone, but it's not. And that one makes you feel full. And guess what controls levels of both of those? Low amounts of ketones. So if you eat brain octane on your salad, on your rice, on your taco, on your mashed potatoes, it doesn't really matter. You could pour it on a donut, but please don't. don't it's do just not nice. Yeah. It'll go in, it'll metabolize, it'll turn to ketones, and it'll change the levels of those hormones when your ketones go up. We love it on sushi which is, I know is a thing that you love as well. We definitely have that in common. We have our little packets. We take them when we have sushi. I mean, we oh, put nice. it on a lot of things and we travel with it. But we, especially, you know, after seeing you on Insta doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, we are going to get, we're going to do that. So thanks for the the tip there. And, and do you feel a difference? I mean, yes, okay, we're, we're friends and I'm on your show and all that stuff. But just honestly for your listeners, and you can say no, when you put that stuff on your food, do you feel less hungry two hours later? Yeah, no, that's the, that's the ticket. You know, what I'm always looking for is how can I feel fuller longer and know that I've got energy longer. And that's the big reason why we've incorporated it. 
you know, I'm a big proponent of not, I'm not a snacker. I'm not trying to snack all day. I don't think that that benefits. I think that that creates a lot more free radicals and exhaust in the system. If you're constantly working your digestive system in those mitochondria in every single cell of the body. So ideally we try to take, you know, at least six hours between meals. So the brain octane, the healthy fats, the proteins, all of those, those clean elements are a big part of our diet. I love that you're doing that. And I've gone from 300 pounds to 9.6% body fat. Uh, my wife, Lana, eats uh, the Bulletproof Diet and follows the principles and game changers, most of which are not food. It's not a food book. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's one third about your heart and happiness and relationships and community and things like that. But you know, we, we follow this food stuff that's also there. And in Las Vegas, uh, where we were uh, last week for the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, I was giving a talk there. I said, um, you know, we, we got to see each other there. Lana was wearing the same pants she met when I met her, except they're a little bit loose. So here we, you know, she's, she's 51. Two kids. And same pants. Mm -hmm. I think we were pointing that out. I want to do a quick pivot because one of the things that I found most fascinating, I I find happiness fascinating. I think I find happiness fascinating because I know so many people, Dave, and you know this too, We people struggle with this part. And I was reading the book last night as I was getting ready for the interview and I was only, I was really anticipating skimming big chunks of the book so I could take notes and make sure that I was ready. But then I got to part three and I got to happiness and then I got to use your gratitude to rewire your brain. And I got sucked into the vortex. Can we talk a little bit about some of those tools that you talk about when it comes to gratitude? And how can we leverage gratitude to not only rewire the brain, but to create happiness in our life? Well, gratitude is a very interesting thing in that it's, it's not just saying thank you. It's actually an emotion. It's a feeling, but it's a feeling that you can turn on. And I run a, a neuroscience, a neurofeedback facility that's based in Seattle, Washington. It's called 40 Years of Zen. And a couple hundred, usually senior executives or game-changing kind of people come through. It's five days, very intensive program where you have a computer and a lie detector that's measuring your brain waves and helping you with facilitators figure out when you're lying to yourself. And, and it's very hard to, to get away from that. So it allows you to go back and let go of patterns, basically turn off a lot of that voice in your head. And what we found there and what's baked into the program is this simple idea that comes from Eastern philosophy. It is that gratitude is the doorway to forgiveness. And forgiveness is not about telling someone that you forgive them. You don't have to know it. Forgiveness is just you stopping carrying someone else's baggage. So if you're holding a grudge, you're holding anger at your your spouse or that person who cut you off in traffic or your boss or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It costs you. It doesn't cost them. They probably even know you feel it. It's just a burden you're carrying that takes you away from your game. It takes you away from what matters. So you're not going to let go. You're not going to forgive. You're not going to drop it until you find something to be grateful for, no matter how big the offense was. It can be something very small and tiny that you're grateful for. But in Game Changers, I write about, okay, here's how you actually use forgiveness. And one of the most powerful things it does, it lets you drop that heavy burden that you're carrying that doesn't do anything to help you. And I've practiced gratitude every night. I do it with my kids. 
and I do it myself and it, it really changes everything. And it's also something that a lot of the people who've come on, on Bulletproof Radio, a lot of the game changers have done. Are there very specific things that you like to do with your kids every night? Are there, is it journaling? Is it meditation? Is it just saying what they're grateful for? Is it tapping into that feeling? What are the ways that you guys like to, to do that together as a family? One of the things we do every night, my kids are still pretty young, but we've done this for their whole life is we do three things you're grateful for. And sometimes you'll see your profound stuff. Like the other day, night, it was, I'm grateful we had steak for dinner. And like, okay, great. And then and I'm grateful for the big bang because without that, there wouldn't be anything. So sometimes you, you see that childlike wonder come out. But then I tell the kids, all right, tell me, tell me a win. And a win is something that you worked hard on that you got. Mm. And they're like, okay, good job. But the big, the big one there is I say, tell me something you failed at today. And they go, okay. And then they think about it. And then the definition of a fail is something that you worked hard on that you didn't get. Something you wanted, you tried to do it, you didn't get it. And a lot of days they say, I didn't have one. And then I just look at them and I say, oh, that's too bad. Maybe tomorrow can be a better day. Because if you don't do something so hard that you don't know how to do it, then you're not you're not learning, you're not stretching yourself. And the idea is to reframe failure so that they understand, Shh, of course I failed, like, duh, I was getting better. And man, if, if someone had done that for you, what a difference it would be, because now those dumb mitochondrial networks that think failure means no one will love you, which means no one will feed you, which means you'll die, th- that pattern doesn't get turned on. And then very cool things happen. That's one of the, the, the big things I do with my kids. Okay, so last thing I wanted to ask you, if you had to pick one big lesson, Dave, from interviewing everyone for Game Changers, what would that have been for you? What was like your big aha? Having conducted, you know, there's 500 episodes of Bulletproof Radio, that there's now 100 million downloads of the show. Boiling all that down, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. It's hard for me to say one of those things stands out more than the others because I, I got the opportunity by writing the book Game Changers just to build them all into my brain, into my head, uh, so that I understand, you know, why and how and 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 all this. But I suppose it might be the stuff around community where you realize how powerful having a community that you choose is versus just sort of being present in whatever community is around you. And this is something we have the incredible luxury to do as people now, where 50 years ago, well, it's your neighborhood, that's your community and you're stuck. And now we can actually choose different communities. And that's what the people who are changing the world do. They surround themselves with people who care about their mission and care about big things. And and it supports them in ways that are hard to imagine, but much like that cheese or yogurt or kombucha, they work together to help to, to help make the final thing stronger. And I think that when we choose our community properly, that that came out as something that, that these people did very consciously. I love that. I think that's such a great thing. And I think community is so important. So thank you so much for sharing that last piece. Guys, go and grab Game Changers. It is available everywhere. It's available on Amazon, whatever you got to do to get your hands on it. I know you're going to love it. It's such a dial of information regarding all of these incredible experts and and just people who are looking to not only improve their lives, but improve yours. Dave, honey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I really, really am grateful that you shared with us this incredible book. So happy to have written Game Changers, had the opportunity to interview all these amazing people, and most importantly, boil it down so it takes you four hours instead of 500 hours of interviewing people. So you can get the, yeah, get, get, get <laughs> you the gotta do that. and take it home and go do it. <laughs> 
I hear that. Well, thanks so much, Dave. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. That conversation was an amazing roller coaster ride. We jumped from mitochondrial function and the role that they play in our cells to ketogenic cycling to eating to how to eat like our great grandmothers based on our bacteria and our genes and then how to create happiness and forgiveness with gratitude. Now, Dave made some great points about how you can improve your body, whether you want to get smarter, happier, or faster at what you do in life. Now, Dave's new book, Game Changers, is the culmination of Dave's quest to figure out how to up-level your body. And he does it in a very artful and science-based manner. So I want to invite you, if you're looking to get smarter, if you're looking to get happier, and you're looking to channel in that gratitude in such a way that it transforms your life, this is definitely going to be the book to get your hands on. I know that Alex and I have been really enjoying it. I especially, as you, as I told um, Dave inside of the interview, that I've been enjoying part three, which is all about how to create more happiness into your life. I think that's such an important aspect. So I do want you to go out, grab the book. If that is something of interest to you, I know it's definitely of interest to me. And then I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. The next episode, which is going down on January 1st, 2019, just a week away, I am jumping back on to cover one of the hottest topics related to hormones, and that is the number one precursor to hormone chaos and how to get your body back on track. I am so excited to roll out this episode. I am going to be going deep into the science of what's really going on with our hormones. And it's such an integral part of what my book is about as well. But I just wanted to give you some background. What is really going on there? And then how we can go back and really begin to correct a lot of these concerns. Now, as I mentioned earlier on the show, my goal is to always spread the word about the Essentially You podcast and give you a shout out for taking a moment to rate and review the show. And you can definitely do that on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to this podcast. Well, again, happy holidays and a happy new year. I can't wait to see you on the 1st of 2019 so we can celebrate together, create amazing intentions and set goals for exactly how we want to feel. Until then, enjoy your family. Talk to you soon.